started thinking about, you know, how could you extinct the human race? I mean, we watched Matrix. Remember, Matrix started when AI took over and they, they controlled the humans. But I think there's a couple of things. You know, we've talked about, um, you know, first of all, propaganda and bad actors. What if someone were able to get AI and a, a foreign leader and you don't know whether it's Putin or whether it's an AI and they, they, they launch a nuclear attack uh, or they create a war or fake video, fake news, what's true, what's not. So it affects national security. Um, you know, drone attacks. You know, a lot of our military is being used um, you know, with drones, right? Weapons. So you could have destruction of infrastructure if you had AI-powered drone systems that could just decimate infrastructure. Cybersecurity also, they could do that. Uh, and then the thing that scares me is the killer robots, right? I mean, you know, you, you would have a human, you know, you normally control weapon systems, but what if it was these robots that did this? And could this eventually end in a nuclear war if an AI agent was able to launch a nuclear weapon or missile and it really wasn't the actual country? These all sound like sci-fi things, but the reality is, Nate, that these things could happen. We're getting there. Yeah, and I've said time and time again that I believe that what we need to be talking about, and they talked about at the Senate hearings a few weeks ago, is regulation. You know, we have to regulate these companies like ChatGPT, and these other AI companies so that we have the conversation about what's the ethical use of AI? Who controls the data? Is it the libraries? Is it the data the data analysts? And where's the limit? Because, you know, you know, the other theory I've heard is that computers will start doing everything and humans will get lazy and then we won't want to work anymore and then the computers will take over, right? Will it be like the Matrix? I don't know. But these are important factors and I think it's happening very fast. Along with this, last week I do a, I do a city newsletter and I wrote the last one in ChatGPT last week. Normally, it takes me about five hours to write the content. It took me five minutes. Yep. I just typed in Memorial Day, do this, do this, give me a... And I just wrote it, and it was done. And so I put a disclaimer written by ChatGPT, but at the end of the day, I didn't feel that it really... That feeling of like wordsmithing and finding that word and taking a walk and sipping in a coffee and having that writer's high. Sometimes you get writer's block. Well, I didn't have any of that. Because I hit that, and it was literally thing, or planning vacations, or finding anything. So, um, it's going to affect jobs, but it also could affect the human race. Well, you also bring up an interesting point about legislation against it, because it's kind of like the issue with climate change. We in America can do things here through legislation, but we don't control everywhere else, right? China could do all sorts of things to impact climate change, even though we're trying to do things here. And the same goes with AI. You know, we can control it here and harness it and keep someone here from doing something bad, but we can't stop other people around the world. Yeah, AI, I mean, and, you know, with China, you know, we're, we're going to talk maybe about China next week, but, you know, Kissinger's turned, Henry Kissinger's turned 100, and uh, I'm finishing this book on AI called AI and Our Human Future, which you wrote a few years ago. Uh, but, um, you know, it's uh, China and AI, China and AI, U.S. and AI, they're making a lot of, a lot of competition there in terms of who's going to dominate AI. So uh, and we got the presidential task force on AI and more and more money going from R and D. So it's going to be an interesting topic. And um, and speaking of China, uh, Narendra Modi, the Prime Minister of India, whom I met in 2007 when he was the governor of the largest state of Gujarat, is visiting the United States. Uh, the Chief Minister, he now the Prime Minister, is visiting for the state visit to Washington to address Congress. And so uh, next week we're going to be probably having a guest call in. But it's an important relationship as we deal with China, North Korea. India is the world's largest democracy. 60% of the nation is under the age of 26. Is this a real business opportunity in terms of the connections we have with India? We have an office in India, trade, investment, opportunity, defense. 
these are all important things, and India's got the global talent. How does the U.S. leverage that, right? You were talking very brief. We, we've only got a few minutes left. We're trying to get through a whole bunch of checks here, and you hit a few of them. We want to talk about the presidential election. You were speaking about uh, yeah. just how it is shaping yeah. up. We've got three minutes. I'll, I'll just end with this. You know, I, I feel like it's really – first thing I'll say is, you know, Joe Biden is running again, but what if he decided not to run again, right? I mean, I think one of the reasons he's not, he's running is because he's the only one who can beat Trump and the Democrats consolidate around him, right? Think about this. Biden did read, lead the efforts for a pandemic, vaccination, climate change, infrastructure bill, and um, you know international alliances against Ukraine, right? If he were a young president, people would say he, he actually got a lot done. What he has going against him is his age, right? right? But he's running against Donald Trump, right? And, and I think that at the end of the day, normally in, the, in presidential politics, when, the, when, when any incumbent president is challenging a primary, they normally lose the general. So Lyndon Johnson, he decided not to run again. Then you had Jimmy Carter. He was primary by Ted Kennedy. And you had George H.W. Bush, who was primary by um, Buchanan. Weakens them, they lose the general. I think the game changer, Nate, and I'll end with this, is that, you know, who else would run? Well, you've got, you know, Andy Bashir in Kentucky, who's the governor. John Bell Edwards, governor of Louisiana. Gina Raimondo, the commerce secretary. Mark Kelly, who could be the first astronaut of president. And then you've got Josh Shapiro, the governor of Pennsylvania, the governor of Maryland, Wes Moore. These are all outsiders that haven't run before, like Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren. So you just never know if someone's going to come out of the woodwork. But at the end of the day, I think DeSantis is the unknown factor because I'll end with this. This will not be a lockdown campaign. This will be a presidential campaign. You're going to have to go to every state, speak at rallies, no more Zoom events. This is the real deal. Will DeSantis be more dangerous because he's 44? Will he have more energy and swagger to get around the country and will that be a factor that people say, well, instead of running Donald Trump, I'm going to run Joe Biden? I think Biden's doing it because he doesn't want to end his career knowing that I didn't run again and that Trump won. But uh, anyway, that's my take on it. Um, and then Kamala Harris, I think she'll still be on the ticket. If Biden decided last minute not to run, she's going to run. But I heard she's got her set of challenges with the border issues and you know other things. But you never know. His name's Steve Rao. He's always in studio with us three to four on a Friday. Makes us know that the weekend is just a few hours away. Thank you again for being in the studio, Steve. Nate, thank you. See you next week. Have a great, great uh, summer weekend out there, everybody. And uh, soccer. Go watch some soccer.